Hi there! Are you considering a destination wedding but don't know where to start? I get it! This is your host, Will Medina, owner of Destination Weddings Expert, a boutique travel agency specializing in all-inclusive weddings in Mexico and the Caribbean. And this show was created to help you understand the ever-changing world of destination weddings. By sharing my proven tips, tools, top destinations, budget ideas, and best-rated resorts, I hope to inspire you and make your planning journey easy, fun, and organized. Welcome to the Destination Wedding Planning Made Easy Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the Destination Wedding Planning Made Easy Podcast. So today I want to talk about why do you want a destination wedding? So I'm going to give you three things to consider before you commit to having a destination wedding. And what are those things that you should be asking yourself? So we're going to start with, is a destination wedding right for me, right? There are so many reasons why you may consider a destination wedding. Perhaps you saw it in a movie. Perhaps, you know, it's a Netflix show now that is showing you how fun it will be. Perhaps you just want to save money and or you have been to a friend's destination wedding in the past. Or perhaps, listen, you just don't want to have a regular wedding in town, and it doesn't matter what anybody said, this is what your heart wants, right? So we are going to start with a why, because what happens is when you don't start with this question, sometimes you start either doing the research or you start signing paperwork and spending hours in the internet without being really clear or having those conversations with those key people. And then you end up with having guilt for your guest, not necessarily knowing what what you're going to settle for, right? So we're going to start with a why. Now, I'm going to tell you, in my experience over the past 10 years, working with couples and, and, and with their destination weddings and group travel, I can tell you, normally, I see three types of couples that are perfect for a destination wedding, right? Of course, I see with most, most things in life, there's not a one size fit all. There's not a right or wrong answer. I am just going to tell you based on my experience, what I think are the key things or descriptors of couples that fit a destination wedding. So first one is the couple who wants to save money. And sometimes when you think about a destination wedding, you're like, well, but how the hell am I saving money? Right? So I don't know about you, but if you have ever heard one of your friends planning a wedding at home, whatever that is, Chicago, New York City, Miami, Wisconsin, Iowa, I do not care where you're at, just trying to find a venue is literally thousands of dollars, right? Most like ballroom venues at any place in your city would range anywhere. Like if you're in the Midwest in smaller areas, $800 roughly. And I've seen venues go up like $5,000 and beyond before you actually do anything, but say, this is what I want to spend five hours celebrating with my family and friends. So when you think about saving money and you're going, especially to Mexico and the Caribbean, you're saving money because you're going to ideally, and all-inclusive resorts. And of course, destination weddings, they happen all over the world, right? You could have one in the Philippines, you can have one in Italy, you can have one in the Maldives. But in this case, we're talking specifically about all-inclusive resorts and destination weddings in Mexico and the Caribbean. Now, the number one reason why you save money, it's because your dollar 
goes much further, right? There's no secret. I'm going to give you the example of Mexico. If you compare uh, one US dollar, I believe now it's around $20. It ranges like between 17 and 21. Right now, we're just going to round it up to about 20 bucks, 20 Mexican pesos for $1. If you take the case of the Dominican Republic, now you're talking about roughly 50, 51 pesos for $1. So your money actually goes a lot further because it's just math, right? It's just how it works. Um, you're paying for, for cheaper things. Now, I could go into all the details. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. I worked in hospitality there, like at the resorts, at the Punta Cana airport. So I can tell you all about like how much actually someone even makes working Perhaps the same job that you do in America, but working at one of these resorts is just pennies to the dollar, right, per day. So all in all, you're just going to a destination where things are cheaper than they are in the States and oftentimes nicer, right? So if, you want, if you're the couple that wants to save money, it is a no-brainer. There are, again, a gazillion ways that you can save money with a destination wedding. The biggest thing is that you're already in paradise. Your venue is already beautiful. You're ready. Most of my couples anyways are already choosing to marry oceanfront, right? Whether you want to get married in the sand, just walking barefoot, or you want to have a rooftop terrace that is facing the ocean. The truth is that the scenery is already breathtaking. So you do not need a ton of decorations, you can have everything you want, but you don't need a ton of decorations, right? So the couple that wants to save money, it's, it's an ideal candidate. So if you do not have $40,000 or $60,000, for example, in the case of New York City, to throw a big wedding and you just want to go over to the Caribbean and spend whatever, right? Depending on your style, depending on the, on the guest list, the resort, the package. If you want to cut your budget by 70%, from having your wedding at home and have it in a beautiful destination, a destination wedding might be right for you. Again, couple who wants to save money, see those all the time. Now, the second one is the wanderlust couple or bride or groom, right? Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's just one of you that is, you know, just loves to travel, loves to explore different places and, and, and love the beach and, and, and the palm trees and just being outside in contact with mother nature. So, there is, for this couple, it's just like, it's just what you dreamed of. You just never saw yourself walking into a big church. You never saw yourself walking into a ballroom or, 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 or a country club in your city and just having your mama's cousins and, and, and like second cousins and like coworkers from like, from her job that she already retired. And you just want it to go places for this one. Again, it doesn't need a lot of explanation. I will tell you for me, this was one of my attributes to why I wanted a destination wedding. I just never envisioned it any other way and that it's okay. It's your wedding, right? And then couple number three, that I see most often, it is the couple who already lives far away from family and travel would be required anyways. Now, for me and my husband, we fall under this category as well. So we have kind of like number two and number three, right? Number one, I am the wonder lost person. I wanted it to just go somewhere. And then number three was we already live far, right? So we live in Florida. Our family uh, mostly in Wisconsin, Dominican Republic, and uh, some uh, came from Jersey, right? So for us, it was a no-brainer. So it was either we were going to have to go back to Wisconsin and 
do a wedding there for 300 people? God, no, save me. And, or we were going to have to ask them to come out here to Florida, South Florida. So we are in Fort Lauderdale. If you're familiar, if not, it's like 30 minutes from Miami. And then they were going to have to come out here and spend money, fly and do all those things. And I don't know about you guys, but I know how expensive life is out here. And in comparison to what we got, in our wedding in Riviera Maya, there's just no way we could have had that kind of experience here in Florida for at least three times the cost. So technically, we also fall into number one because we definitely wanted to save money. But the biggest thing for me was like, we already live here. We did not want to have a wedding in Milwaukee and have all these people come. Truthfully, people that we probably didn't even know right? For me, it was very important to have a group of people that were there to truly celebrate what we were celebrating, right? I just did not want 300 people and meeting my mother-in-law's former co-workers from two jobs ago, like in the 90s, meeting them at my wedding. That to me was not special. That to me did not mean absolutely anything. And I was trying to run away as far as I could from all of that stuff. I have lots of stories as of like more recent reasons why we chose Riviera Maya, but that's for another episode. Um, For right now, just sit with those and kind of like answer for yourself, where do you fall into those things, right? Do you want to save money? Are you just an explorer or wanderlust gypsy heart? Or do you already live far from your family or his family or her family and travel would be required anyways? And perhaps you're just a little bit of the three. As it relates to people that have to travel anyways, there's no better way than making people and quote unquote making, right? Um, Inviting your guests to come to a destination that is all inclusive, that already has everything in one place for you, for them. They won't need to rent a car. They won't need to be driving around. Literally, they were going to travel. They were going to invest. So give them a great vacation. And this is going to lead me into the next point, right? Once you have an answer, if a destination wedding is right for you, and if you fall into one of these uh, categories that I just mentioned, and a destination wedding abroad, right, would save you from extra headaches and money spent in a five hours or eight hours event in your hometown, then I'm going to go to the next point, um, which is guest and the guilt, right? Dealing with the guilt of like, oh my God, is this right? Like, am I being selfish? Am I asking my guests to spend too much money to come to my wedding? Like, what am I going to do here, right? So here's what happens. The first thing that you need to do is once you decide that once again, a destination wedding for any other reasons above, it is, it, it makes sense for you, right? And I'm not saying you have to commit just yet, but it makes sense is the first thing is you need to get the buy-in of your key guest right? Before you commit. So what do I mean by that? Your parents, his or her parents, like those friends, like those people that are really special for you. Perhaps you are the couple that wants to have a big bridal party. I got stories about that too and why to not go that route. But again, that's for a different episode. Um, So get the buy-in of those key people. If you want to have a big bridal party, you want to make sure that those people are able to come to your wedding. Now, what are the things that get in the way of people coming to the wedding? Two things, time and budget. Simple as that. Aside from that, 
they were not going to come even if it was free. So you need to make sure that you're giving your guests enough time to plan for their own vacation. Okay. And I want you to remember that the key word here, it is vacation. Yes, they are attending your wedding in insert country here, but you are inviting them to spend their vacation time with you. Now, this is one of the reasons why most destination weddings are planned roughly around 12 months, right? Like typically I see it between like nine months at the very least. Um, and sometimes we start like as early as 18 months before the wedding. If it was up to me, I always tell my couples, I could whip out a wedding in four weeks. Like like a destination wedding anywhere, like from beginning to end in four weeks, you could be traveling four weeks from today and getting married if it wasn't for your guest. So we need to give your guest time so that they can plan and decide that come next year, that one trip that many Americans take, it's going to be spent with you for your wedding, right? The same thing goes for the money. So I said two things, budget and time. So if we are giving your guests 11 months, 12 months, 14 months to make plans to attend your wedding event for minimum of three nights. It could be a whole week if they want, completely up to them. But typically with my couples, we set it up where we give their guests the option to go from three to seven nights. Three nights is the key number because most all-inclusive destinations and resorts are going to ask you to uh, secure a room block or you know, like for you to get perks and things like that for your guests to, be, to stay at the resort for at least three nights. But if I'm being honest with you, nobody's going to fly to Mexico overnight. Nobody's going to fly to Jamaica overnight. I mean, yes, I've had it happen, right? Some guests of uh, certain weddings that I've done over the years where they just go ahead and, and for whatever reason, work-wise, they have businesses and whatnot. They literally just come for two nights. They flew in that Friday night and like they're out uh, Sunday morning first thing. But that is not the norm, right? So what we do is we set up for three to seven nights. We're giving your guests plenty of time we're giving them all the information they need and we're telling them how much this thing it's going to cost them, right? Now, once you do those things and you present your guests with this information, guess what? There's no guilt. They can either do it or make it or they cannot, right? Now, you have to understand not everyone that you invite to your destination wedding is going to come. The same thing happens with a hometown wedding, okay? But when you're giving people one year to plan for three, four days trip to come to your wedding, I, I'm telling you, most people do come. In fact, in my experience, over 60%, over 60 of the guest list of my couples actually do attend a destination wedding because we present them with this information up front. So there's no guessing. There's no fear. There's no like, oh my God, she's so selfish, right? There is none of that unknown crap that would freak out someone when you're asking them to come overseas. When you tell someone, listen, you are going, can you come to my destination wedding? Here is the save the date. And this thing is happening exactly 12 months from today or 13 months, or 14 months, or two years, right? But this is the weekend that we are getting married, and this is how much it's going to cost you. I'm just going to throw a number at you. Let's just say it's going to be $200 per night per person. And this is all inclusive. It includes your transfers, your, 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 your taxes, all of that. And guess what? On top of that, you're able to go ahead and make payment plans anywhere from today until like the next five, six months. And with $100, you can secure this thing, and now 
you have their buy-in and you have their commitment, right? Now, remember I said, not everyone is going to come anyways, even if you were paying for people, right? Because of time, because of like so many things can get in the way, but that is not up to you. Once you have the buy-in of the people that matter the most to you, then you do not have to feel guilty about having a destination wedding. Okay, remember it is their vacation. So because it is their vacation and you're making it easy and affordable for them, that is out the window, okay? Now, let me talk a little bit about being about making it affordable. Making it affordable is one of the things that I see that most couples make the mistake when I see them online getting advice from other brides completely blind, right? I see you post a question, oh my God, we just got engaged and we want to have a destination wedding, but don't know where to start. And within 10 minutes, you have no less than 200 resorts being thrown at you. I have a problem with this because what happens is you have no idea why this person or that person chose that resort, but they also have no idea what kind of guests do you have. And I've had them all. I've had the couples that just needed like the, the best and most affordable thing, like resort I could find within, you know, our portfolio. And I've had couples that have the friends and the family that like the finer things in life. And they wanted the more exclusive experience and they wanted the smaller hotels and they wanted the more unique, um, um, the, the more unique, uh, 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 design, if you will, right? Like people that are into that. I've had brides pick resorts just because their gazebo fit their like design eye, right? Their their style. And these things are very important for some people. So when I say affordable for your guest, I typically say for your circle is making sure that you understand what that means, but that you don't compromise your vision. And I had these conundrum when I was planning my wedding for months at a time. And mind you, I have personally stayed at over 600 hotels in my decade long career. And I was like really, really having a hard time like finalizing because I was trying to make it affordable for them without compromising my vision. And most importantly, the experience that I wanted this guest to have. And you know why I say the experience? Because when Aunt Sally and your friend who is just like going to like talk about absolutely anything anyways, when they are at the swim up bar, you want these people to be having a great time. You want these people to be having good food, clean rooms, you know, good service. Like those things that you do not want to hear anyone at the swim up bar bitching about. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So affordable for you. It's completely different than somebody else. And there's something for everyone, right? There are hotels that are going to be $500 a night. There are hotels that are just going to be $900 a night. There are hotels that are going to be $47 a night, right? You get what you pay for. This is true, right? But my point is you don't have to settle for something that is not up to standard with your family because all inclusives are not created equal. But you also don't have to go and pick blindly and go choose whatever is out there or whatever you are familiar with. Perhaps you already went on a quick getaway um, two years ago. You know, that's where you guys went on vacation on these three, three nights uh, Groupon vacation. I actually had a bride, um, my bride, Sheila, loved her. And when she came to me, and I've known her for a long time, when she came to me, she actually 
was um, considering this particular hotel brand that she had been, she had traveled to the year before with her then fiance. And at the time, it was like a quick weekend getaway. They just wanted to go somewhere. It was a new resort and they just found it really cheap and like they were they liked it, right? It was, it was okay. The beach was amazing. The rooms, eh, the food wasn't great, but they liked it. Then when we started like doing our consultation, like she brought it up. And when we kind of like went through the things that she wanted in her vision and her budget, it was, it would have been a nightmare to let her pick that hotel, but that's all she, that's all she knew. Right? So understand you don't have to know it all. You don't have to pick the place that you have been going to, going to for the past five years or perhaps where you went for spring break in 1999 or, I don't know, let's just go a little closer for millennial age, like 2004, right? Like you do not have to stick to those places because they're not created equal. Some all-inclusive resorts are great for a quick girl's trip. Others are fantastic for a honeymoon. And there are some that suck for your destination wedding, okay? There are some that just suck. So the guest guilt, it's the easiest way to remove it is get their buy-in, right? Those key people, the rest of them, just understand that they will figure it out if they want to be there. Others won't. But if your key people are down for the game, you just have to be okay understanding that if you get 20 people, you're going to have the time of your life because it's about your marriage, right? It's about your wedding day, the celebration of love. And if you invite 100 people and only 20 come, can you be happy with that? I think you should, right? And I think you should really go all out and give those people a great party because those were the people that committed to be there. And there's no beef, by the way, with those that cannot make it. Like, let them be. Like, it's, it's, you know, I see sometimes so many brides that get caught up in the drama and losing friends, and it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it to me, right? So your planning can, and I'm going to repeat this, your planning can and should be easy and stress-free. And sometimes for you to get to that state of mind, what is going to be required of you is to get rid of your traditional wedding planning idea, right? And getting input from everybody in in your family and, and, and trying to please everyone, right? There's so many things that you have the freedom when you choose a destination wedding to throw out the fucking window. Like just throw it out, right? It's about an amazing group vacation and a wedding that is beautiful and meaningful and that they will remember. No matter what next fancy wedding they go to in town at the most expensive venue, you can accomplish that with a destination wedding. Okay. And then the last part out of the three things, three main things that I want you to consider, it is contracts, right? A lot of people are afraid of contracts, but contracts equals guarantee. The only way that you can guarantee absolutely anything in this life, it is a contract, right? When you buy a house, you sign a contract. When you rent an apartment, you want to sign a contract because you want to be protected. Um, When you uh, buy a car, you sign a contract, right? Like they're part of life. And for some reason, when it it comes to destination weddings, people kind of like just 
I don't know if it's because you have to read it, um, but some people just kind of like get afraid, get scared. And by the way, a destination wedding is basically a trip, right? A really well-organized trip. But we sign contracts when, you, when we buy trips online all the time. They're just really fine prints, tiny ones that nobody reads, but they are there with those online travel agencies, right? They exist. So it's just part of life. So for you, what I want you to consider is that you need to realize and get comfortable with getting professional vendors that have contracts in place to protect you. Okay. Now, getting your contracts is going to be the only way to lock in hotel rates, wedding decor packages, because usually hotels will increase their price by about 10% every year, right? So if you're if you're getting your wedding, let's just say you're getting it, you're you're signing your, your initial contract um 16 months in advance, right? And you lock in certain things, you are locked in to for the most part, right? There are exceptions to this, but for the most part, you're locked into your current, to those current packages, unless stated otherwise in that contract, right? But this is going to be the only way for you to lock in rates, wedding decor packages, and any other vendors that you may need for your destination wedding, right? Your photographer, your makeup artist, your travel agent, uh, your own, like your local wedding planner, if you decide to go that route, right? Um, in a couple of contracts that you need at the beginning, you need, you're going to need to sign a contract for the availability of the ceremony, right? The spot, like, do you want a symbolic or a legal ceremony? That ceremony is going to happen outside at the pier at 5 p.m. on Friday, uh, May 1st. Completely made up that date, right? But that is that contract, which most resorts will require you a small deposit for that. That is what makes that solid before you send out save the dates, right? I've actually started working with couples that, you know, they were either working with somebody else or they were just trying to do it alone. And they already had, they had already sent out save the dates and they had not secure their wedding time at the resort. This is a big no-no, okay? So, you're going to need a, a, a ceremony, so to speak, like the actual wedding contract, right? Imagine that you, were, that you were signing for that venue in your hometown. Then you're going to need a room block contract for um, the rooms of your guest. Now, there's another episode that talks about this that I'm going to go into more details. But typically, the jits of it is contracts will, will lock in your rates. It will allow your guests to save money and to make payment plans because what happens is when you do a room block a year or so in advance, as time goes on, room pricing goes up, right? The hotels start selling out, the standard room categories are, you know, just booking up and all of a sudden it's like the hotel is, uh, the price increase. When you do the room blocking initially, then your guests, whether they book the first week that you send out your save the dates or they book three months before the wedding, hell, I've had guests book two weeks before the wedding, okay? When you have a group contract in place, that rate it's going to be, is going to be the same for your guests again mom that booked day one when that uh, website went up and or you know the the cousin or the best man happens all the time that booked literally 30 days before the before the trip right it was freaking you out because you didn't know if it was going to make it kind of thing um happens all the time so you're not alone um so again a room block contract and this is not the only way to do 
you know, to secure rooms, but it is, in my opinion and experience, the best way, the very um, same way we did it for our wedding as well. And it proved to save our guests hundreds of dollars as time went on. Okay. That's also going to help you with potential price match, right? Price match is when all of a sudden, for whatever reason, your hotel pricing, like the overall pricing goes down um, at that property. If guests were to book all on their own with all different sources, they are on their own. When we have a room block contract, now we have the ability to make sure that this is not just a Black Friday sale, which does happen, but that in fact, for whatever reason, that weekend, right, the dates that we have secured for your wedding, the rates dropped. Now I am able to negotiate that entire room block contract on your behalf, and everybody get, takes advantage of that, whether they booked nine months ago or they haven't booked yet, right? Because it is a contract. And then it just gives you so much more flexibility to allow them for deposits, payment plans, and much, much better perks. And perks, again, I'm going to record another episode for you on that one because there are so many and Often they vary by resort brand, by destination, by time of the year. So there's a lot of like little disclaimers that I have to give you on that one. Uh, But all in all, they just allow you to do that. So now your next question is going to be, who do I have to hire first for my planning team, right? Like, do you go to the resort first? Do you go to... um, an online travel agency first and just say, hey, go ahead and book on Expedia kind of thing. Or do you get a destination wedding specialist and or expert, right? Someone who does this for a living, someone who is on top of the ever-changing landscape of travel and destinations and things that change so that you have that additional, not only layer of security, but that guidance from day one. Because most of my couples come to us when we, they actually don't even know what country they want to get married in yet, right? And that is a really big decision. Sometimes that actually, more often than not, that should be question number one instead of what hotel do you recommend? And do you want to know why? Because what happens is I live in Miami. If I wanted to have a destination wedding in Los Cabos, for example, which I love, Los Cabos, Mexico, or Cabo San Lucas, beautiful, different, completely opposite of like South Florida, like, you know, just like scenery, stunning. But what happens is if my guests were only going for three nights, it takes two planes to get to Los Cabos on average. I need a connection some more often than not in Dallas or Denver. So now I'm going to spend nine hours traveling to get to Los Cabos to spend three days for a destination wedding. Does that make sense? Maybe, right? And that, for me, it didn't make sense. I needed a place that was a little bit more central within four or five hours for everyone that was flying in. But for other groups, that doesn't matter because you're 20 people, 50 people, 80 people. They're all able to come for five plus nights. Then that distance is not a problem, right? It's only like if it was only three nights, right? And these are the conversations and the things that we can actually have before you have to start freaking out about wedding packages. Wedding packages are there to give you an idea. Wedding packages are there to to help you understand what is doable and kind of like, like a mood board, if you will. 
but they're not the deciding factor for you to choose a resort that you're going to be happy and that your guests are going to rave about. And when you make that decision without being confident, you're just so overwhelmed that now every room category sounds the same (laughs) and every resort package sounds exactly the same, right? I know, I've been there. I mean, in fact, with every wedding group that we start working, we start the research from the beginning for them because wedding packages are new every single year and the promotions, the promos, promotions excuse me, change all the time. So this is legwork that needs to be done and you don't have to do it alone. But if you're already past that point and if you're already happy with that, don't worry, I'm glad. But I just wanted to share those inside, like that inside scoop, if you will, in case you are just starting over. But here's the thing, uh, we are going to be talking about all the different aspects of group contracts, your different events, the things that you can do for your, for your guests in destination to make sure that they are wowed with your wedding weekend. We're gonna talk about the differences between working with the on-site coordinator versus like hiring your own wedding planner that is going to be there to work for you. Um, we're gonna talk about the different brands and the different perks, right? We're gonna talk about everything because that's what this show was created for, right? But in the meantime, make sure you subscribe so that you are notified of every episode that airs weekly. And also, be sure to download my Expert Secrets Guide where I will share a ton of snackable tips to help you plan your wedding with ease, right? Until next time.